Brilliant shooting, fabulous performances, and all-around guts carry the Jazz to a two-game-to-nothing lead in the series over the L.A. Clippers, and we're talking about it on Postcast. Postcast is brought to you by our friends at Grip6 Belts. Grip6, go to the promo code. Actually, right now they have a 25% off promo code for Father's Day. Use that and just tell them you heard about it on Lockdown with the amazing Grip6 Belts that are out there. Do you have your Grip6 Belts yet? I haven't got you your Grip 6 belts. Nope. I got an email that I was getting some, but mm, you I did. haven't heard a tweet seen or did yet. you actually get an email? As a matter of fact, I had something oh. in the mail at at the uh, mm. down at the security well, wonder, desk, wonder, so maybe that's it. Maybe that is it. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, maybe if you got the mail, then the box I have over here that I was going to give you tonight of the I don't know where it went. Oh, this box right here that I got today from Grip Six oh, that really? I thought was for you, but maybe we'll open it here in a minute and see who it's actually for. It. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just for me. Maybe I got more Grip Six belts. Uh-huh. I don't really need more. I have like five. Uh-huh. All right, let's get to it. The Utah Jazz with a brilliant performance tonight. Ron Boone, uh, what jumps out to you on this one? Well, what really jumped out is. First of all, the way the Jazz start the ball game off, on fire, very energetic, played into the crowd. The crowd was very much into it. Donovan Mitchell, who, who for the most part, usually is a second-half player. Turns out, first half, got everything going. But I think what the most important thing was the way they withstood the, the comeback of the Clippers and went on to, to win the basketball game. Ron, the thing that jumps out to me about that first half from Donovan as we talk about it is the fact that the Jazz – absolutely needed that. Like, you knew the Clippers were going to come out with all their energy earlier. They were down 1-0. They had only forced one turnover in the second half of the game the other night. You knew they were going to come out with all this energy and all this force, and Donovan just took that force away from them in the opening moments of this game. Yeah, it, it really did, and, and that was very, very important. Second ball game in a row that he's came out with that type of an injury, that, that type of focus uh, in order to – you know, keep the, the Clippers from getting some momentum and getting things going. Um, I think the Jazz defense now, David, is, is pretty much on. I think they understand what the Clippers want to do, uh, and, and they're just disrupting some things. Clippers doing the same there as well, especially in that third period. Jazz were up 13 at the half. The Clippers came out and double-teamed in pretty interesting moment for our broadcast. Assistant coach Mike Wells said, basically, we anticipate they're going to come out double. Here's how I have to deal with it. It was so clear the Jazz were ready for that. Tip of the hat to the coaching staff and the player execution. First play was a Rudy dunk. Second play was a three for Bogdanovich. Donovan missed a shot, then hit a three, and Ty Lue had to call a timeout, and then they moved to a zone at that point. So that it was like pulling the fire alarm. He had no other no other choice left but to basically take the fire alarm and hope for the zone would work, and it did, Ron. I don't know that that's a sustainable answer for this series, but it almost got them this basketball I, I don't game. think it is. I mean, they, the Jazz were caught by surprise, and, and I'm sure they've worked on zones. I don't know how much time they spent on working on zone. Uh, I know you have numbers to back you know some of that up, but um, it just got to the point where the Jazz could not break the paint. But the most important thing was that the Clippers were scoring on other than the floor, which meant that the Jazz are walking the ball up the floor, eating up time on the clock. Then when they start doubling, that put the Jazz in a short clock to the point where they had trouble trouble scoring. But thank goodness for Joe Ingles. Well, Joe Ingles late in the game was fabulous. Elaborate on it. Yeah. He was was the player that could break the paint and, and make some things happen. He 
took a made a big three point shot. And uh, and, and like I said to you, boy, if I had to give, if we could give a game ball off, especially in that fourth quarter, it would have been to Joe Ingles because he was. I thought he was the one that really turned the game around. I would rather see him bring the ball up the floor. I don't care if Patrick Beverly is guarding him or not. I mean, you can just all you got to do with Patrick Beverly is guarding you is set him up. But you got to go somewhere with the ball. You can't sit there and pound it and go between your legs. He's gonna he's gonna strip it. Uh, but I would like to see him bring the ball up the floor when they're in a zone like that. He can make things happen. Joe Ingles has been a funk. He hadn't looked like himself. He told us, he's, as usual, the case, Quinn's incredible. This one-on-one communication. He told us in the postgame he spent some time with Quinn recently. Quinn does that a lot. It's not that unusual. He does it when they're both hot and cold. It wasn't like a come to the principal's office or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. But he is that's Quinn's master. We saw that on – you saw it on film, actually, on TNT, that one-on-one conversation with Donovan. For all the things that Quinn's talked about and how brilliant Quinn is for his – X's and O's in his play sets. I think Ron and I would both attest that the thing that's most impressive is awareness of his players in those communications. Yeah, how often do we see in practice or, or uh, where he just beats the hell out of you with some of his comments and then he'll comment you on a bounce pass that you throw, that a simple bounce pass that, you know, that anyone could make just to make sure that he understands, that the player understands that I'm watching you. Yeah, you know. The other one tonight is, and if I was to give a game ball for the fourth quarter, I'm actually going to go to the defense for the five-minute stretch from about the 640 mark to the 130 mark. The Clippers don't score, Mm -hmm. or at least don't have a field goal. I think hit some Paul George free throws in that time period, but they don't get any field goals for over five-minute period of time in that fourth quarter. And Boyan Bogdanovich is, it it seemed like a laughable idea that Boyan Bogdanovich could guard Kawhi Leonard when the series started. He is he is doing a fabulous job. Yeah, he's he's really working very very hard to stay in front of him. Kawhi is not a, a, a. a very fast player, except for a couple of times he did go to coast to coast. But he's not very quick with his dribbling to the point where he can shake you and and, and beat you. But he he sets you up and goes with it. And and I thought Boyan did a pretty good job of, of trying to stay trying to stay in front of it. I'll be really interested to see the numbers. We didn't get into this in the broadcast, so I'll share it with you here. Clippers averaged seventy five picks a game. They only ran 50 in game one. I don't think they ran a lot of pick and rolls tonight. I think Rudy Gobert's presence has almost eliminated them from the pick and roll in this game. The key sequence of the game to me is what they were doing finally was Kawhi Leonard's driving. What the Jazz are doing is leaving Rudy at the rim off his man to make sure that you have to give it up so the Kawhi and Paul George aren't shooting. And then they dished out to Batum, to Marcus Morris, and to somebody else for wide open threes with Rudy closing as best he could at the last second. And they missed all three. And, and that was the ball game. And incidentally, uh, Morris, 0 for 5 from the three-point line tonight. So That's a 50% three-point shooter. He's 1 of 10 the other night, 0 of 5 tonight. Those shots are harder in the playoffs. Yep, that's for sure. All right, let's get to some of your questions and comments. Uh, in regards to Donovan, we do not have an injury report. Obviously, it looked like he, he re-injured that ankle to some extent. Um, and uh, we, But, you know, honestly, we don't have a, we don't have a lot of knowledge uh, – there's no way we would. Donovan was out here just a second ago talking to his agent, Ty Sullivan. His mom's here. Uh, his sister, Jordan, is here. They're all still here in the building. Ty was on the phone a minute ago. I have no idea what that means. Um, so anyway, that's uh, the thoughts there. All right, let's go to Tyler. Uh, great win. You talk about rightful place in the basketball universe. It feels like the Clippers are out of whack. Too many mouths to feed with shortened playoff lineups. What's your <laughs> thoughts or how should you play and what should they shoot? The, who should shoot the shots? 
I, I've never seen a team do what it's doing right now in the playoffs. Maybe I'm making that up in my mind, but they played two, if not three, five-man lineups tonight that had never played together. Never. Not like in the playoffs, not played together. Never played together all year long. I actually think that some of that shows up at times. I think the Joe Ingles, I don't know if that lineup, I think it played together, but that Joe Ingles open three is a lack of communication amongst a team that does things. There's too many times where they're just that, the Clippers as brilliant as they are, and boy, are they brilliant, and and they, when I watch them, when they dig in defensively, they're unbelievable. And if they do that for game three, honestly, they'll kill us because yeah. they're incredible. But I, they don't do it for long, sustained periods of time. And as long as we can be the team that's maintaining a long, sustained period of times of, of basketball execution, I think that's how we win the series um, and how we've won the first two games. Yeah, that, it's amazing how, uh, you know, what's worked for them all season long. Uh, you get into the playoffs, you it, it doesn't work, you know. What I'm getting at is that you 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 spend so much time with a certain lineup out there on the floor, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the lineup changes. Uh, guys are spending a little more time out there on the floor. Maybe they're even playing out of position in in, in some cases, and and just caught up with with not knowing where to go. Rudy was open a couple of times underneath the basket, and that pass was late getting there. Uh, was that because Kawhi Leonard was late? Or they just get, get get confused on what they were trying to do out there on the floor. Rudy had 20 rebounds tonight, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich won the game, says Nate. Boyan ended up with 18 points after having a very quiet um, open the game because Donovan was so dominant early that you know he doesn't get going early. And then Boyan ended up with 18 points on f- eight shot attempts, I think, is all tonight. He was absolutely fabulous. Hit a big three. Kelly says, we need that type of effort from Joe every game. We need to figure out that zone and move the ball. Well, well how do you figure out the zone, Ron? Well, eventually, the Jazz will figure it out. To ask you, well, we talked about it anyway during the end, uh, for a period of time during the timeout. Who is the passer on this team? Uh, is it Royce O'Neal? I mean, can he be the player that flashes to the middle of the floor? Uh, just you get more options to break the, the zone down and a lot of times especially in college you want that that post player i mean not the post player but a player to flash to the free throw line and then you have options there you go to drive to the basket or you can kick it to the wing you know for for open shots but you just need someone that's a threat when they catch the basketball there at, at the free throw line uh, a lot of people in the chat are saying that Paul George's play late in the game was dirty i did not see it well enough to know that espn did not replay it enough for us to see it uh in, in the building, if you guys have seen <laughs> in some way, if it's dirty, it's one of the lowest things I've ever heard of in my life that an all-star player would make a dirty play on another all-star player because he's frustrated and loses. I mean, that's that's the lowest of the low. And if it really is dirty and it really was an intentional play by Paul George, then, I mean, I don't like that's the lowest of the basketball universe you can be. There's nothing worse than that. It's completely unprofessional. I don't think he did. I'd be stunned for a player for a player of his caliber to do something of that sort in a playoff series against another player who he actually, if you recall, the story is Paul George and Chris Paul with CAA are together and uh, tell him that, hey, dude, you're ready for this league. Come into the league. Do not go back to college. He was in that meeting. They have a long relationship. I'd be, I'd be crazily stunned if this was a truly a dirty intentional play by Paul George. And with that said, I the reason I would be so stunned is because if it is, it's one of the all-time – lowest plays you'd ever see. So well, I'd be very surprised if that's the case. Hopefully, if, if he did something like that out of frustration, I mean, the fans really gave it to him tonight. You know, this 18,000 people screaming at him that you're overrated, you know, that type of thing. If, that's plain and clear. Players can hear that. There are some 
comments, individual comments out there when players are playing that don't really hear what you're saying because they're focused on the game. But when you're at the free throw line and you got 18,000 people screaming at you about you're overrated, you know, that's well, if you one other thing. If you commit a here. dirty play because of that, you are the mentally weakest player in the league. Absolutely. The starters on both teams, you see the minutes that played tonight? No. Oh, just huge. Playoffs. Boyan played on 39, O'Neal 40, 36 for Rudy, 39 for Donovan, Joe Ingles played 33, and then 39 for Kawhi Leonard, 37 for Morris, 44 for Paul George, Reggie Jackson. 44 for Paul George? Yeah. You know, I want to congratulate Paul George, Ron, because this was equaling his most consecutive games played at any point in the whole season of nine. Yeah. It's really Mm -hmm. terrific. Congratulations. Kawhi Leonard had his second longest streak of consecutive games played at any point in the season at nine. He had 12 is his is his. I, I hope I don't hope they don't need to load manage him before the end of the series. Jazz win it tonight over the Clippers. Oh, when you're up 2-0, you can be caddy. 117, 111. Have a great one. Talk to you later.